I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the number one Sunday Times bestselling author of Her Majesty's Royal Coven comes the stunning sequel, The Shadow Cabinet. Join the witches of Hebden Bridge for more magic, mayhem, and romance as they take on dangerously sexy warlocks and witchfinders. Available in hardback and audiobook, narrated by Bridgerton star Nicola Coughlin. The Shadow Cabinet, the new novel from Juno Dawson, is out now. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking the weekly Sex and the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. However, we're not doing that right now because of course this is the first of our, and just like that, season two bonus episodes. Um, This week we will be discussing episodes one and two of the new series. You are listening to Carrie B and Lily Eilish. It's Juno Dawson and Dylan B. Jans. Hi. Hi, Juno. Here we are again. I feel jet lagged. I mean, I've just got over my real jet lag and this is making mm-hmm. me feel jet lagged. We're back in the multiverse. It's, and just like yeah. that, again, I can't believe it's happening again. It's happening again. It's like the sequel. I'm still actually jet lagged from my American tour. So I've had to deal with that on top of everything. And in fact, I watched both of these episodes while I was still in America. Yeah. Um, using entirely legal means. Yes, of obviously. course. Of course. Um, and so, yeah, but you've you've literally just seen the episodes. Yeah. So we're dealing with episode one, which is called Met Cute, and episode two, which is called The Real Deal. Yeah, I similarly, I was sim- came to them similarly in strange uh, scenario because I've just got back from uh, Glastonbury and I'm still feeling a little bit fragile. And I thought I'd be fine until the opening few seconds when I saw Che's back in the swimming pool and I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> but you did. You got through. Got you got through. through an hour and a half. Yes, yeah. Now, they're like 45-minute episodes now. Yeah. Oh, they just keep getting longer. Anyway, anyway, let's let's do it episode by episode. Yes. So we'll do episode one, then we'll take a break, and then we'll do episode two. Nice. Um, this is going to be a feat of Dylan and I keep trying to keep both episodes straight in our head. Yeah. So for, for the avoidance of any confusion episode one is about the met gala yep. episode two is about vaginal dryness um <laughs> really, let, let's get into it really handling the meaty issues this uh, <laughs> this season aren't right they? okay um, dylan right yes. can you please open your first potted synopsis for met cute yes indeed and i was listeners i was saying to juno earlier that for the first time i've actually written down my potted synopses because Mm -hmm. I was so discombobulated by everything. So I've made notes. So episode one, season two, episode one, um, Carrie is getting ready for the Met Gala. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, everyone's getting ready for the Met Gala. Um, And she's also figuring out how serious she wants to be with Sexy Franklin, her podcast producer. Yeah, right. Um, I actually don't know the actor's name. Do we know the actor's name? We do, we looked at it last season. We did, but I forgot it. Last season, how many pandemics ago was that? He's played by Ivan Hernandez. Ivan Hernandez, nice. So yeah, so Carrie is figuring out how serious she wants to be with Franklin. 
Um, LTW is doing some editing. What does she do? Is she an, is she edits? Is she a she's photo? a documentary filmmaker. That's what it is. So she's making edits. Mm. She most for the most of the episode, LTW is bent over her computer in her closet, just doing edits. Mm. Uh, and her husband is like sort of trying to have sex with her. And that's that's their storyline. Miranda suspects, it turns out rightly, that Che is occupied with something um, Mm -hmm. and has been thinking about something. So their relationship is slightly fraught. Um, And then, unless I've forgotten, not much for Charlotte, I don't think. Charlotte has a very in-depth plot line where she invites Anthony to the Met Gala, then has to take Harry... But then Harry doesn't want to go, <laughs> so, so Anthony does go. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, and Seema is meeting Zed's family. Yes. Um, her partner's family for the first time. And you've um, missed out Naya. Naya, yes. Naya is, Naya's husband is away um, on tour. Um, oh. And they're sort of, it's a bit unclear, I think, I think both to her and to the viewers, whether they're like separated or just like taking a break or whatever. And it's bizarre that I missed her out because she, uh, we'll get into this, but she mm. in episodes one and two is actually my highlight of, I found her like by far the most interesting, um, which is a change mm. from, a major change from season one because she was kind of barely in season one. Mm. Um, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think already we've stumbled upon the first talking point which is, it's so interesting how there can be so much going on, but also so little going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, and a dangerous line when Anthony says to LTW and Charlotte, um, as much as I enjoy listening to your podcast, Rich, was it Morning Rich Ladies or mm. Rich Ladies Whining? I'm not, I'm not sure how much I'm invested in a group of, extraordinarily rich people getting ready for the Met Gala. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you said this because it seems like, and it was enforced more in episode two as well, mm. it seems like they've made a real effort to um, shy away from the heavier issues in this one, which in, yes. in a lot of ways I think was a very good choice. But the problem now is we're in a cost of living crisis and it's coming across as like just rich people problems. Like yes. when even Naya was like, oh, I have to eat this like Cacio Pepe by, at my favorite restaurant by myself. It's like, come on. Like, are we not going to like address the fact that these people are like impossibly rich and we're all sitting at home watching them having no way really of identifying with any of these storylines. <laughs> like... Yeah. It, it, it feels like it was funny. So, for context, I've just come back off my American tour and on the Comedy Network on Saturday mornings, they show nothing but back-to-back reruns of Sex in the City. Mm. Surprisingly uncut. Mm. And they've taken out fuck and cunt, mm. but they've not they've not taken out any of the sort of the sexual content. And so it was really interesting. So in my hotel room, I, I caught up on season one of And Just Like That to sort of remind myself before starting season two. It's amazing how far we've come from the original series Mm. where you're dealing with an unexpected pregnancy or what it's like to buy an apartment as a single woman, you know, um, how to, you know, how to handle your boyfriend if he's a recovering alcoholic to kind of, Oh no, my dress for the Met Gala is too tight, you guys. <laughs> and it's when like Franklin and Carrie are talking about cooking and he's like, do you have a cook? And she's like, oh, a piece of salmon here and there. And it's like, come on. Um, I have a question about Franklin and Carrie. Yeah. Do you think their chemistry is meant to be dreadful <laughs> or do they just have dreadful chemistry? Because well, that scene with the do you ever cook was excruciating. Do you know what? Like, in, we're meant to believe they've just had sex. In the first five minutes, I had, for, for the first time ever, I, and this, well, this is, a, this is a, a thing to say, I had some doubts about Sarah Jessica Parker's acting abilities. <gasps> <laughs> but I was like, but she, 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 she like, 
pulled it back later and like mm. felt seemed to like fall into the character a bit but also it might just be jarring because it, and just like that was always going to be jarring because it's seeing Carrie Bradshaw like 20 years later and like it's always going to be weird and a bit of a shock going back into that world again um but yeah like a lot of the particularly in those first few minutes just a lot of the I was like is this uh, can any of them act are any of them acting like or is it the script or what's happening um hmm. or is it strange. the direction yeah. I mean but yeah it feels like obviously Carrie's chemistry with Aiden and Big but then you know there were so many guest stars Vince Vaughn Bon Jovi you know yeah. Carrie Bradshaw has been with many men but this was the first time there was almost a bit of an ick in the room. Yeah. But I, because of, I don't want to jump the gun, but because of, you know, a big thread of these first two episodes was Carrie deciding, trying to define her relationship with Franklin. It it could kind of, it kind of fits that, you know, this isn't the guy for her. Yeah. You know, he's good looking, he's good at his job, but actually, what? Yeah. Like he likes watching cookery shows on a laptop in bed. <laughs> um, I think part of his problem is he's um and again this carries forward to episode two as well. He's not a realistic, like he's kind of a bit too perfect. Mm. Um, he has like no flaws. Like he's like gorgeous, understanding, intelligent, like lovely. Like I was like by when he was like the same in episode two, I was like, okay, I need to start seeing some flaws now. Like he needs to be like a bit stupid or something like yes um but and I was gonna say as well like it was interesting when you brought up like all the various guest stars like Vince Vaughn and stuff like the various men Mm -hmm. I've noticed and I can't remember we said whether we whether we said this last season but I've noticed and just like that is a lot less monster of the week than sex in the city was um like the the even the peripheral characters tend to stick around for at least two or three episodes um which is why when LTW's kids came in in episode one, I was like, they seem lovely, but I do not have the brain power to meet three more characters in this show. <laughs> yeah. Please stop. We've only just... just got rid of Brady. Yeah, like Brady's Le- in... Leave him in Rome. Yeah, just Brady's leave him in there. Rome. Yeah, thank God. Um, but yeah, like I'm already losing track again. Like, and then, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Okay, let's unpick them one at a time yeah so we've got carrie franklin she has decided to hire jackie's wife smoke yeah to design her a met gala dress who i like which does i really liked that um the actor and the character i'm gonna say jackie jackie doesn't make me want to pull my eyes out anymore as well Mm. yeah he's Um, right and it, it feels like a carrie thing that she would do that she would um hire an up-and-coming young designer to design a Met Gala dress for her. Oh, 100%, um, yeah. Um, but then it all goes horribly wrong, and we already knew she ended up wearing her wedding dress because we've seen it on the internet for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> this is an ongoing issue. So, of course, we know now, so right from episode one, we know that Kim Cattrall is at some point going to airdrop into this series. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm genuinely saddened that they weren't able to keep that a secret. It feels like Sex and the City, um, sorry, and just like that, is a show which, granted, it wants to create buzz on social media and it feels like they understand the need for buzz on social media. But it feels like we have very few surprises going in. Like, we know Aiden's back. We knew she was going to wear the Vivian Westwood dress because we saw pictures of her. We know that Samantha's coming back. It feels like, especially the Samantha one, given that it was filmed remotely, it feels like that could have been a secret. I don't know why. I don't know why they've told us that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they're just so like, I, I guess they were like, we really need to publicize this show because mm-hmm. they will have known that a lot of people might have been turned off by season one. I mm-hmm. think. I think they knew that they, let's be honest, like fucked up slightly. We've seen, uh, fucked up uh, quite a bit with season one. Um, I read that they that the list that the readership readership listenership viewership um, for these first two episodes has halved compared to season one. Um, yeah, 
So it'll be interesting to see whether, I mean, it might gather momentum. Um, in my opinion, this is, these two episodes are worlds better than season one of it. And just like that, what do you think? <laughs> so I rewatched, I rewatched season one. Yeah. While I was in America. Um, deeply flawed. Deeply, deeply flawed. Yeah. Um, there were some high points, but they were outweighed by the low points. Yes. Yeah. Of, you know, either feeling preachy. And I will say that I did not feel preached at in these two episodes. No. Nope. And I'll, I'll say why, I think, when we get to season two. Mm. Um, sorry, episode two with the LTW plot, mm. which we'll come to later. Yeah. Um, Carrie was cold a lot of season one. I mean, obviously, she's meant to be grieving. Um, you know, it was often quite dull. And of course, what we we talked at great length about the very poor treatment of Steve Brady and yes. how the character was treated really poorly. Yeah, um, who, we however, who we haven't seen yet in season two. No, we've not seen yet. However, it feels like for me, um, I mean, to wrap up Carrie's storyline, that's wrapped up. She wears her wedding dress, great. Um, <laughs> well, let's move on to Miranda, because actually it remains to me that the only real thing of interest about And Just Like That is the evolution of Miranda Hobbs. Interesting, um, okay. And we continue... So at least stuff is happening in her life. Yeah. The, pro the problem that I've got with Carrie and Charlotte, other than big dying... Nothing's really happening to yeah. Carrie. You know, nothing at all is happening to Charlotte if we take Rock's gender transition out of the equation. So it's kind of, so it feels like, and I understand them not wanting to torture Charlotte in particular, especially given that we really like Harry. Um, and so this leaves us with Miranda, who is definitely going through it in a way that the other two legacy characters just aren't. Mm. Um, so in season one, obviously Miranda was an alcoholic for five minutes. Although I was pleased to discover she's still an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, that was I appreciated that. That was really the, important. When she's at that um, AA meeting that is in the loveliest AA meeting venue I have ever seen in my life, mm. <laughs> like a fucking like space age, like minimalist greenhouse. That there is it's in LA. In LA. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Miranda, we rejoin her. So if you remember at the end of season one, she decided to follow, hey, it's Che Diaz mm -hmm. to Los Angeles because Che is filming their comedy pilot. Um, and like a lot of reviews have said, I did appreciate the sexy montage right up top. Everybody's having sex. Yes. Because yeah. that was the big criticism of season one, which was there was just no sex Also, whatsoever. we see, do we see... I mean, perhaps not necessarily Kristen Davis's boob. Do we see, is it Charlotte's boob? Is that the first time we've ever seen Charlotte's boob? I think. No, we've seen, seen Charlotte's, Charlotte's boob. boobs before. Mm. Um, a few times, especially through lingerie, through sheer mm, lingerie, we've true. seen Charlotte's boobs a lot. But I loved, I loved the sexy montage, except for poor Naya. We'll get to her in a minute. But um, um, yeah, Miranda... It's really chicken that the makers of the show must have been faced with such a dilemma. You know, Che became a meme. And you're not telling me that any writer really sets out to have a character become a meme in that way. Kind of like, Che D isn't real, they can't hurt you. You know, kind of. Yeah. Just all the memes about the, hey, it's Che Diaz, or... I've done a ton of weed, Miranda. You know, kind of. Still to this day, whenever I and and it's and and it's meant with in in a very good nature. Whenever I post anything about like a picture of Che Diaz on our Instagram, all our listeners understandably are like, "Oh my god, jump scare!" A jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, that, but that shows, yeah, doesn't it? That it really did become a meme. So they were faced with a really difficult choice, which is do we get rid of this character as fast as possible? Do we just have Miranda arrive back in Manhattan mm. in scene one saying, oh my God, it went horribly wrong and we never mention Che Diaz ever again? Mm. Or do you try to revive the character and try try make them work? And so clearly they've gone with option B. Um, and in this episode, we, we have Miranda removed from Manhattan 
as Che reveals a different side to themselves where we see that they are having a crisis of confidence in terms of their body, which I didn't hate. Yeah, I didn't hate that either. Um, Yeah, so like Che says, Che says, Miranda's like, what's going on? Clearly something's happening. Do you have something Mm -hmm. to tell me? And clearly... Miranda and the viewers think Che's going to say something like, oh, I'm che- I'm sleeping with, I'm in love with someone else or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they say, I'm on a diet. Um, and I think, I may be wrong, it's, I, I think, because um, I actually noticed it before it was brought up, um, not in a, like a judgmental way, obviously, but I just mm-hmm. noticed it. I'm pretty sure Sarah Ramirez has gained some weight for the purposes of this, of that storyline. Um, which, yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe he was wearing some padding or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, nice, nice little touching, quite, quite real storyline. Which is when Sex, Sex in the City, and and just like that, are at their best when it's stuff that isn't like mad mm. shit, like getting ready for the Met Gala. <laughs> I'm starting to believe Che as a character as well. Yes. Um, it felt really real and really tender. I love as well that. Cynthia Nixon continues to be in her own category mm. when it comes to just earning her body. My God, yeah. I loved the scene with the strap on. I loved the scene where she slithered out of the isolation yeah. tank. Yes, Most yeah. recently, because I just did that and they are fucking terrifying. <laughs> I did it and I swear to God, I heard a noise on the outside of the pod. And that was it. I was like, nope, this is not happening. This feels like a horror film. So I, like Miranda, have recently slithered out of an isolation tank. So, but I was, but you're, yeah, you're right. It's so like, and what, yeah, particularly the scene with the isolation tank. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this before on television. <laughs> um, and I was like, Cynthia Nixon, amazing. And yeah, like you it. said, with the um, with the strap on, I really loved the scene where they're chatting to Carrie, um, Che and Miranda are chatting to Carrie on the mm-hmm. phone. And she's on loudspeaker, and Miranda's just like in the background, like sort of slotting various um, like dildos into the strap on, <laughs> like just mm-hmm. like this is amazing. Um, so yeah, that stuff that was great stuff actually. Because it feels like that that is why this show should exist. Yes, the the remit of and just like that should be about women in their fifties and sixties still having a sex life. And series one did not achieve that. No. Let's be very, very clear. Other other than that one scene, the scene that went viral with Miranda and Che. Yeah. Um, and I still think, I know it's been much discussed, but I still think that for me is the best scene of series one. Yeah. You know, and the best and the best episode. Yeah, the the fate, you know, Carrie's body failing while Che and Miranda were having sex in the kitchen. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was much more here for that kind of scene with with the strap on. With I love Cynthia Nixon's total ownership of her body in middle age yeah. as well. Kind of there was no need for the scene with the isolation tank, but it was it was great, and and I love that. And and I thought um, I was going to say when you were talking about the montage at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, I thought it is it is an important. It, it did make me realize it is an important show because. Um, it's showing that not only do older people have sex, older people can still be very sexy. Um, particularly mm. that montage just showed like it was just a montage of like very attractive people over the age of forty, <laughs> um, which yeah. is which is great. Um, I think Grace and Frankie does that very well. That's kind of the only other example I can think of um, that does that. But it's still very rare, I think. I'm grateful for this new sex positive spin. And thank God for Che and Miranda, because otherwise we would have a lot of really thin women. Yeah, true. So, actually, um, yeah. so actually, thank goodness for the very real bodies of mm. Sarah Ramirez and Cynthia Nixon. We appreciate you. That's something people in America say a lot. Like when your waiter takes away your plate. Thank you. I appreciate you. I heard that in DC oh, as well. Let's not adopt that, UK. <laughs> Someone, someone next to me said it, and I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> Isn't that the most patronising thing you've ever heard? I appreciate you. Is it? Is it a new thing? I don't know. It's bizarre. Oh, oh <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Cultural differences. The other big cultural difference. Noah has milk. Just good luck finding milk in America. <laughs> the fuck is creamer? The fuck? What the fuck is creamer? I don't want it. Get it away from my tea. Disgusting. Um... Anyway, let's move on to, because we've still got a whole other episode yeah. to cover. 
Um, Charlotte is in this episode. <laughs> Did you notice? I think her Met Gala outfit is a direct reference to Samantha's La Douleur Exquise mm. look. I, it rang a bell and I, and I suspected it would be from that episode, mm. but I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Um, yeah, I think you might be right. Um, I think it's like a little, the way that Charlotte's evolved into Samantha. <laughs> Her evolution, well, she says, what did she say? She says, she, have... she becomes Samantha, yeah, what yeah. was his dick like? What was his dick like? <laughs> and then um, she's Miranda, and then Miranda says the exact thing Charlotte said, which I thought was very funny. Um, that was a nice little scene. Um, mm. I will say Kristen Davis, a lot more present, I think, in this season. Um I saw, yeah. I saw Charlotte, whereas I didn't really see Charlotte in season one of Just Like That. I was like... Like in... Demi Lovato says, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not sorry. But in this one, I don't know if it's because I've got used to it a bit or whatever, but in this one I was like, oh, this is Charlotte. Like I'm watching Charlotte in front of my eyes. Um, yeah, th- there were still a couple of lines that I thought were delivered a little bit strangely, but no, <laughs> an, imp- an improvement, yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Rock and Lily were great. Uh... Blah, I'm bored of those two already. Oh. <laughs> blah, blah. Uh, but I did like, um, let's talk about Anthony Marantino's appalling treatment at the hands of his female friends. <laughs> yeah. Now, I am not the biggest Anthony fan. It feels at this point like Mario Cantoni is writing his own lines a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them are just not funny. But do you think Michael? Um, Pat- do you think Michael Patrick King's just like so? The ladies are talking until here, and we've just left this bit free. If you just want to like say something, <laughs> just say something gay <laughs> in this bit. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> like it, it is, and it's quite depressing. Like Anthony is a character; he has hookups. Yeah, he lusts after men. Yeah, I mean, I mean, thinking about it, like it is like a very cliched. A portrayal mm. of a gay man, really. Um, yes. Yeah. Like one of the most <laughs> unrounded representations of a gay man I think I've ever seen on television. I would like Anthony to start dating like maybe a younger guy, maybe like a Gen Z guy, and for the mm. Gen Z guy to be like sat at dinner sometimes as well and just be like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you like? Are you okay?" <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, please. I curse sign that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you performing for? There's yeah. no one here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... But he did... I did think his friends treated him really, really badly. I do not think Charlotte should have cancelled Anthony to take Harry. She should have explained to Harry, I'm sorry, I've invited Anthony. Yeah, that's fine. And that's fine. Um, also, mm-hmm. similarly, Seema... It was, I thought it was very out of character for Seema to, like, even debate sacrificing the Met Gala to meet her partner's family like it's a fucking Met Gala like I would have said I can meet your son another time but I'm sorry I've already said yes to the Met Gala with Carrie fucking Bradshaw like I think I'm gonna go to that instead and she does go in the end but um yeah (laughs) I continue to like Sarita Chowdhury very much in the role of Seema but then it's really interesting she so from she is one of very few up points from the first series which as soon as she arrives she she feels well-rounded in a way that Che LTW and perhaps Naya even didn't Mm. um like she arrived sort of fully formed and really occupying that character of just just, I I wonder if and let's see how we get on with season two but I wonder if there's just too many characters Mm. did we need four new regulars if we include Che. Yeah. Um and that's why like because... I said that's why like I said before like when LTW's kids came running into the closet I was like no like please no and then like um what's his name uh see I can't remember his name Carrie's podcast fellow co-presenter Jackie 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 his girlfriend like I really liked her but I was like I can't do this as well. Like, we've got the down. We've got the downstairs neighbor coming back at some point. Yeah, because well. she pops up in the trailer, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Just. And then stop that, it. And then, <laughs> um. So can we talk about Naya? Let's anyway. talk about Naya. 
Um, like I said, like Karen Pittman, for a start, does drunk very well, I think. I know mm. you get the ick when people do drunk. But I thought I didn't did. mind her drink though because it felt correctly messy. Yeah, it was it like was it right... was a bit disgusting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she was sort of like slumped on her bed in that like um, yeah. leotard. Like I want to show you something else. Um, and I loved the dialogue with sexy, sexy, sexy man who she met at the bar, Toussaint. Well, well, Dylan. Mm. Shall we spill the tea about him right now? Oh, okay. So that is the actor Gary Durden, who is best known for one of the CSI franchises, I believe CSI Miami. Right. And a very, very quick Google reveals he has a very curious past. Interesting. With domestic assault. Oh, God. Possession of drugs. He was essentially fired from his show, I think, because of his substance abuse issues. And while he dug at me wrong, he looks an awful lot better as Toussaint than he did in his mug shots. <laughs> this is this is a man who was arrested for battering a woman. I'm and very... I think that's really interesting given that we just got rid of Chris Nouth and now we're casting. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised by that. Um that, that, sh- that this show that is, seems so concerned with keeping everything squeaky clean. Mind you, I feel like maybe we're not going to see any more of him. Like that was just like, I don't know. I mean, this with this the this his. I think his domestic assault case for hitting his girlfriend was brought in twenty twelve. Right. So we're going back eleven years, but still. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. It still happened. No, that allegedly like, happened. Like, yeah. Mm. Like um, it's it's all there. It's all there on his Wikipedia. You know. Because mm. so like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "He's not the guy from CSI who got arrested." And and wow. sure enough. It is, and I mean, it's tricky because, you know, we're all about second chances, but yeah. I'm not really... I, but like, yeah, really, it's... Really? In this economy, it's... Christmas? <laughs> you know, kind of... It's more just surprising than anything, um, you would have thought. But I mean, like, in some ways it gives me faith that this show, and just like that, continues to be a hot mess. <laughs> However, that said, back to Naya, I... <sighs> Do you know, I wasn't wildly invested in the IVF storyline in season one. Mm. And I don't care enough about Andre yeah. to give two shits about whether or not they stay together. It would certainly be way more interesting if they broke up. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if we're about to get a polyamory storyline with them. Yeah, because it's kind of, like I said before, it's like not quite clear yet, is it? But like mm. some of the conversations they have are a bit sort of open relationship-ish. Um, but anyway, we'll get to more of that in episode two. LTW's plot, I thought was interesting. So I actually, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the LTW threads in both episode one and episode two, because it felt like for the first time we're sort of seeing her as a real woman. Yeah. Um, who, whereas before she, I think maybe we were, we were slightly seeing her through Charlotte's eyes. They've done so much. she was shot. Yeah, sort of Charlotte's perfect woman. Whereas now it felt like, no, no, we, we are occupying her home yeah. and we're getting to see how hard she works to maintain this illusion of effortlessness. And I think that that is something a lot of women my age contend with. It's that, you know, how does she do it? Mm. And the answer is probably by struggling, yeah. you know, kind of, but you just don't see the struggling. Yeah. Um, and they've done much better this series, this season, at separating Nia and LTW from the other three and making them yes. their own their own proper characters. Um, it might be a mix. I think it's a mix of them doing better at that and also us now knowing the characters more. Yeah. So that we're not a bit like, oh, wait, who's this again? Um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, I was interested in both of their storylines. I thought I thought perhaps even more so than Miranda's storyline. I I felt I understood Lisa's story as as a high achieving woman in my forties. Mm. I felt yeah, I've experienced that when yeah. you know when my partner perhaps doesn't always understand just how much I do, mm. and I felt that with Herbert and Lisa that Herbert's as loving as you could hope for. Did a tiny bit. <laughs> Maybe keep in the burp. I think people should hear the burp. Um, this is, a, know, real, this is, is a real l- podcast. It's a real moment. Like Lisa, I am real. Um, 
you know, and I think Herbert loves Lisa and dotes on her, but doesn't realise how hard, you know, when she said, I, I've been up since four mm. so that I can do my work before I then do my second mm. shift as a mother. And I think, you know, that's something that is a feminist conversation that's been happening forever, which is since women were emancipated, they have been able to go to work, but they're still doing their domestic role much more so than men. And we know from countless studies that women on average still do way more housework than men yeah. do. And so, um, and so I, I really, I, I appreciated that. I appreciate you, Lisa. LTW, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Right, have we touched on them all? Have we hit all 93 of the characters? I think so. I think we can go to I think we can go to episode 2. Perhaps. Okay. Let, anything we've forgotten, we can come back to. These episodes have formed one horrible chewed up blob in my mind anyway. What so. about um Richard Burton, the bulldog? What did he do? Charlotte's dog. Charlotte had to carry him yeah. because his hind legs were weak. <laughs> See, even he had a storyline. <laughs> Every everyone gets a storyline. <laughs> we will be right back after these short messages to discuss the real deal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Welcome back to part two of So I Got to Thinking. We are doing your bumper premiere bonanza special of And Just Like That, season two, episodes one and two. Dylan, let's have your second potted synopsis. This is a historic moment. This is the first time I've ever done two potted synopses in one episode. <gasps> Treaters. So, um, I mean, not that they're exactly like seminal <laughs> storylines, um, particularly in this episode. So Carrie's having issues with reading an advert about the vaginal <sighs> depositories. Um, <sighs> Charlotte is furious at Lily because she's selling her designer clothes. Seema's fallen out with her hairdresser and Miranda <laughs> gets stuck on a beach. <laughs> oh, but and Lisa, Lisa deal well. Yes. Herbert deals with racism. Yes, we've got we've got a bit bit more of a meteor um, episode for Lisa Todd Wexley and Herbert. Her husband. I couldn't actually tell you what happens to Naya in this episode. I think it's more of the same with Naya. I think oh, Naya is is slightly kind of losing the plot. Like I remember oh, she okay. calls Charlotte, doesn't she, from her closet, and she's like getting rid of all the shit. Oh, yeah, Andre, yeah. like she's like decided she's breaking up with Andre, but we don't actually know if that's going to happen. Uh -huh. um, yeah, Naya's like slightly going off the deep end, like losing the plot of it. So this one, I did watch this one a few days ago. So I rewatched episode one this morning. Episode two, I think I watched last Thursday. Mm. So we, you might need to go easy on me. Like if you were to put me 
in interrogation, I would say, what happens in this episode? I would be like, Miranda's on a beach! <laughs> and there's a crab! And she loses her phone! And, uh, and Tony Danza's in the episode! <laughs> Tony um, Danza, Jesus. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> That's which is my favourite Friends joke. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking as well. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, we didn't, what was it, who's the boss? So we never saw what Tony Danza was famous for in the UK. So if you're oh. in a American listening to us right now We do not know who Tony Danza is <laughs> We know who Tony Danza is Because of one jerk in Friends Which Phoebe <laughs> makes Where she's misheard Tiny Danza It's one of those Tony where Danza. like It's one of those where like Everyone knows the name Tony Danza But if someone mm. said to me Name what he does or what he's been in I'd be like I have no idea Like maybe he's a comedian I'm not sure <laughs> But I think he's very famous in America Oh very famous yeah. I think he was in Who's the Boss which I think was translated into the UK as the upper hand. Okay, right. I think. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Anyway, um, so yeah, let, let's start with Carrie. <sighs> <laughs> Carrie. Carrie has to do some, has to read out some paid content for her podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about vaginas and she has an issue with this. I mean, at least she's consistent. At least I did believe that Carrie would kick off about this. Yeah, but the thing what fucked me off the most wasn't that she had an issue as a feminist with the concept of vaginal freshness, which is ultimately bollocks. (laughs) So selling women products to change the perfectly natural smell of their vagina. Like there's a whole fucking pink economy around making women loathe their bodies. Yeah. You need this to remove hair. You need this to plump your skin. You need this to change the smell of your vagina. You know, fuck all of that. Yeah. And I think, like to think that that would have been Carrie's issue with this product. No, 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 no. She just doesn't want to fucking talk about vaginas because she's a prude. <laughs> I did love, um, big shout out to both the character and the actor Chloe, the podcast boss, who like mm-hmm. comes storming in and she's like, you need to fuck it. If you want to keep your podcast going, honey, I've got news for you. And she like talks about a male guy, a male uh, presenter who was on one of the other podcasts. And this was telling me that this was the one time I like really actually properly belly laughed in, in these two episodes. And the line is, um, he's, he, he happily read like, my wife suffers from vaginal dryness and he's not even married. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I chuckled at that one. Um, but yeah, and then like, what then what happens? Like her and Franklin, Franklin like tries to write a new one for her, like a new ad. Yeah, I really wish they were just talking about salmon again. When we got to yeah. that scene, I was like, no, just talk about salmon again. <laughs> talk about perched eggs. Stop saying wet ass pussy. I was in this episode starting to get angry, um, with the writing because. I was like, I was thinking like, so many people would dream of writing TV shows. You're very Mm. talented and you work very hard. And I'm sure would be the first to say that even then it's very difficult to get things, to to get the TV shows written. How can things, and I have so many friends who dream of writing TV shows. The fact that this script got made into a high profile TV show. um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> With a reference to Wet Ass Pussy I think that song came out in 2019 Oh, Carrie B <laughs> Oh Oh Just uh, yeah. And as well let, Let's put to one side the fact that apparently Carrie refusing to do one advert Brings down a podcast empire <laughs> Which feels It's like it's like Just Acast going bust over <laughs> Like what? It's just and also, it's just so insane. It's like, has nobody found out how these things work? That's If Carrie wants to do her podcast, she can just do it from her bedroom. Yeah, she can keep doing you know? it. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, she won't make any ad revenue if she's not working with a platform. But, you know, if you want to do a podcast, Carrie, just start a Patreon, you know. Also, she would. She's had, like, three books out. She's got an Instagram profile. She's Carrie Bradford. Patreon would be all over her. Yeah. We've, I've, been asked if, I've been asked if we want to do Patreon multiple times. Yeah, she opened Wall Street Trading that time in season mm-hmm. five. Like, she's she's got she's well known. <laughs> yeah. So it's just... 
I mean, maybe the podcast company was in real trouble or something, but certainly Carrie's refusal to do one advert because mm. they would have just given her a different product. Mm. So you'll know you'll notice when you listen to our podcast. Dylan and I have no control over the ads that play at the beginning and end of this episode. No. Just ACAS decide. Yeah. Um, we should have probably said that earlier, actually. <laughs> we should have clarified that earlier. Because if, a couple of years ago, it was only on there briefly, but um, there was a really funny, well, not funny, but a very jarring segue between us talking about, like, um, I think it was the uh, um, Dilleric Squeeze episode, and me saying that I loved like Carrie's riding crop, and then it goes straight into an ad about joining the UK army. The <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> <laughs> Deleric squeeze, <laughs> just like that, I released myself from the pay. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, we do not choose the ads. <laughs> no, we do. We absolutely do not. I seem to get whenever I listen, it seems to be Dermot O'Leary trying to make me play the national lottery. Oh yeah, I've had that one. I don't, I don't know what you get, but um... Um, thank you. Please send us. £10,000 National Lottery because I just mentioned you on my podcast. That'd yeah. be really nice. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've talked at length about Carrie's prudishness, mm. but it just feels like, really? But again, never mind because there's 12 other storylines to pick yes. from. What should we, should we do next? Shall um, we do we talk, the real deal? Should we, do, um, should we talk about Lily's um, path to pop stardom? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, Lily. Don't let the devil child become a pop star, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, it's it's giving. It's giving the idol, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so Charlotte, so Lily, I I mean, I kind of started to lose track. I'd like lose track and lose interest a bit at this point. Um Lily needed a new keyboard, so sold all of her designer clothes. On the Which internet. Charlotte did tell her to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. in a roundabout way. She said get a job, kind of. Yeah. And then what's she selling them on? Like kind of a vintage type website. I think so. It's like Depop, basically, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think it must be one like for designer goods. Yeah. Because they also seemed to have like a physical shop as well. I really like the shop assistant. I really like the shop assistant who just did not care Eden. about anything. Eden. Yeah. When she was like, we loved her. my favourite part of the episode actually was, I, I liked actually the whole scene when um, Carrie and Charlotte were in the shop. My favourite part of the episode is when like, Carrie like snaps open her pigeon purse and gets The like, J.W. Anderson pigeon yeah, purse, yeah. And gets like a stick of gum out and Eden's eyes just like flicker down to the pigeon purse and she's like, what? Mm. <laughs> and she's like staring at it like, what, what is this mad woman doing? <laughs> well, she ought to know that is a very desirable purse. Yes. You can't get hold of that pigeon for love and money. I'm sure, yeah. Um, but I mean, if J.W. Anderson is listening, uh, you want to send me some J.W. Anderson Oluwebe? I'm very happy to receive those things. Thank you. But do you have to, is it on like a chain or do you have to always hold, like cradle the pigeon? I think it is a clutch. Okay, right. I think I would find that a pain in the arse, to be honest. I do not enjoy a clutch. No. I will maybe, I will take one to the Attitude Awards once a year mm. and that is the only time you'll see me with a clutch. I would just lose, if I carry clutches, I would just lose all of them immediately because I would just, I would like slap it down on the bar, order a drink and then just leave without the clutch. Mm-hmm, um, yep. Yeah. A risk. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Charlotte is upset because it feels like Lily is rejecting her which kind of we did this plot with rock last year as well a bit kind of that charlotte's children are growing up and she's feeling slightly put out to pasture but i i I am confident this plot is going somewhere because i suspect later on in the year charlotte is going to return to employment which i think would be a journey yeah and i think we see a glimpse of that in the trailer don't we there's like yes i think victor gerber victor gerber offers her a job um, I don't know why Victor Gerber is in this now, but he is. So, um, another very interesting line when they're in that shop, um, when Carrie's talking about, mm. um, she's saying to Charlotte, like maybe just let Lily grow and be who she wants to be, um, and see what fits her. Carrie says um, she's talking about her podcast, which is called Sex and the City, 
He says, who am I to say? I'm still fighting to save Sex in the City and I'm not sure if it fits me anymore either. Wow. <laughs> There's a mouthful, yeah. Wow. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I like that Charlotte goes full Karen at the shop yeah. assistant as well, to which Carrie says she has a fun, Charlotte. Like, yeah. You might be a mean. Like Carrie, yeah, Carrie can see where this is going. So, back away. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, um, Che and Miranda, yeah. as mentioned, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate that Miranda is back in AA because the, the alcoholism storyline was woeful in series mm. one. It was... Like the worst kind of soap opera addiction storyline where the character admits they have a problem and then it's never mentioned ever again. Yeah. Like Miranda's drinking wasn't mentioned in the back end of that season at all. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm pleased to see that it, we're back. Miranda's in Alcoholics Anonymous where she meets an activist. Mm. Who encourages her to do some litter picking on the beach. Mm. Um, but this is all a very convoluted plot device to introduce Miranda to Che's husband, mm. who is part of the Hudson, the Hudson acting dynasty. Oh, okay. So Oliver Hudson is Goldie Hawn's son from her first relationship with Bill Hudson. Oh. So he is Kate Hudson's brother. Oh, okay. So yeah, I knew he used to be in Nashville. So I knew him. I knew him from Nashville. So yeah, Che Diaz used to be married to that guy from Nashville. <laughs> Goldie Hawn's son. Uh, yeah, and then um, Che is quite toxic at the end, I thought. At the end what happened? Episode. Remind me. So Miranda like is waiting for Che when Che gets back from dinner with Tony, Dan Tony Danza. Tony um, <laughs> and she's waiting by the pool and Che like comes over and Miranda's like I don't know you like I didn't know your phone number to call you from the beach um and I didn't know you were married and um then Che's like laughing like oh ha, ha, like let's not worry and Miranda's like I'm being serious and Che's like oh don't be it's fine and like tries to like and just doesn't address mm -hmm. it like kisses her and distracts her um, so like very much skirts around the issue um, because she's like Do you know what oh. we haven't talked about? Yeah What the fuck is this TV show that Che is making? <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, about it's about like their family Like Che Paso Oh, che, oh no I get the impression it's a bit like um, Do you remember Awkwafina made that show Was it called Queens? And it was sort of semi-autobiographical and it was about her family. But then Che isn't writing it. Oh yeah, true. But like che the just... other weird person with the blue hair is. Oh yeah, uh, what are they called? BD, that BD. BD. I wondered if that, is that a character or is that a real person? Who was like playing themselves? I hope it's a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Because, because they, they were so making fun of themselves, whoever it was. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, so I wonder if that's where this is heading, which is, it feels like this show is not great. So I wonder if Che is going to quit and they're all going to head back to New York together. I don't want Miranda to be out of the action for very much longer. I don't like Miranda being separated from Carrie and Charlotte. Yeah, they can't sustain it for, for much longer, can they? Because I imagine... I hope it, not. Is it 10 episodes like last time? Yeah. And also Naya's so on a limb. So it feels because Naya's way into the group is Miranda. It feels like there isn't an excuse for Naya to be with the other characters. Yeah, unless, yeah. Unless um, Miranda is back in New York. That's so. true, actually. Yeah, because they've had a, a couple of phone calls, haven't they? Mm. Um, which leads me on to saying, I was going to say, particularly in this episode, um, as much as I am more invested in it, They've completely changed Naya's character. She's like, a, mm. she's a different person. Um, which, yeah, I'm not sure why. Um, I guess, to be honest, in season one, like, her character existed to make Miranda feel awkward about race. Yeah. Really. And that, that is something that I'm glad that Naya and Lisa have kind of got their own lives. Yeah. 
now. Because, because were... it really felt last season that Naya was about Miranda somehow and Lisa was about Charlotte somehow. And I remember saying, I remember us both saying with season one, I wish these two seem like they could be really interesting characters. But unfortunately, they're just being made to like deal with racist shit from all the white people. And it would be really nice mm-hmm. if they could just like have their own like non-race related problems. Although having said that, LTW has got an interesting one in this episode. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. But I think and so possibly this is the lesson learned from last time, which is the black characters don't need to be teaching the white characters a very important lesson about race. Mm. However, I don't think that means we shouldn't experience these characters experience racism Mm. through their life. And so we got to see a really good example of that, I felt, with Herbert's treatment at the hands of a taxi driver. Yeah. um, Where a white driver refuses to give Herbert a ride, which is illegal in the state of New York, Uh but because of racism, I'm sure it happens probably a lot more than we would like to imagine. Uh Especially when you think that Herbert is an enormously wealthy man, you know, who's running for political office. His wife is a filmmaker. You know, it doesn't matter because he's a black man. Mm. He experiences racism. And I thought there was the way his mother responded to it was really interesting. And it was kind of like, it felt like a more authentic conversation about racism. Yeah. Right, you know, it wasn't telling us what to think. It was just saying, this is the experience of these characters. Yeah. I thought there was like an interesting, like, it was interesting that there was like from his mother, um, mm. like a class element to it as well. She was like, and I think it was meant to be like a slightly flawed thing to say on her part. She was like, you've gone to Harvard, you should, you should be better than this. As, and I thought that was, it gave, it gave it like another interesting little layer as well. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think, like I said, from these two episodes, I think the thing that I've enjoyed the most is spending time with LTW. Mm. Um, I think just, I, I find her a very interesting, poised character. Mm. And the nuances of her life are becoming more interesting. I mean, if you remember, by far the, the lowest point of series one was that tennis episode, <laughs> where I was like, what is the point of this kind of... Um... Do, do you know what? There was a moment like that in this episode, and it was when Charlotte, Anthony and LTW were at lunch, and they were just talking okay. about... like Anthony was talking about, like, he had, like, a ring on that had, like, a gem in it, and Charlotte was like, oh, that's quite effeminate, and would you put that on, like... Would you sell that on a website? And I was just—I literally checked out because I was like, I'm, yeah. "I feel like I'm at lunch with three people who are like I'm just not interested in their conversation." <laughs> yeah, um, and all of them talking over each other about different things yeah. as well. Very kind, very Kirk energy, very cocaine energy. Yeah, true. Um, true. Um, who else do we need to discuss? Seema. All of them. Seema. Oh yes, Seema. So Seema is still having issues with Zed. Yeah. But it turns out maybe he is a mooch. Yeah. Because he talks about like he's like, oh let's have I I just need two hundred thousand for this business or something. Mm. And she's like, hmm. But yeah, that's about the extent of that one. <laughs> but she realizes it's more important to make friends with the man who gives her a blur drive. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Oh oh Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, it's so messy. What 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 are we to do? <laughs> We've only got eight more episodes. <laughs> I... Well, I'm gonna try. I'm go- I'm going to try so hard to find the good things about this show. There are good things. Like I said before, I still maintain. Um, I think it's a lot more like Sex in the City than season one. Um, yeah. I think that while there are things about this season that are a bit meh or a bit silly or a bit forgettable, the reason I think it's better than season one is there was stuff in season one which, let's face it, was, like, unforgivable. Like, so bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And there have been no moments in this that have been terrible. (laughs) No. Um, Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I still, you know, like, 
after this, I'm going to go watch episode three as well. Nice, yeah. And, you know, I'm, look- I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. I just think... So I understand the logic behind removing Carrie's monologue. And I've said this a hundred million times, which is if we had Carrie's monologue, we, I think, would see a different side to things and we'd see the ways that these stories connect more. So it just feels less like seven disparate stories all happening at the same time. Whereas I know on the official podcast, they say, you know, we think now we wanted to make a more adult show where Carrie isn't telling you what to think. So you can, you know, you can make up your own mind. Mm. And I'm like, "Mm." but I only think, I think one person suffers from this. And I think it's Carrie Bradshaw. Mm. I think Carrie, while always sometimes a complicated character, now she's, she's genuinely confusing. Mm. I don't know why she's doing the things she does. I don't know why she has an issue with vaginal suppositories. I don't know why she's not feeling it with Franklin. I don't know why I don't know why she's doing anything because I just don't know. I'm fi- I'm finding her a bit bewildering. And isn't it telling that like I said my most interesting bits were Naya, you said yours were LTW. We're watching a show that has like possibly one of the most influential, possibly the most influential char- fictional character on both of our lives, Miss Carrie Bradshaw, mm-hmm. is in this show, and we're interested. We're more interested in other characters. I just, I don't. I feel like I don't really know Carrie very well anymore. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. And um, I, you know me, I'm a big Carrie fan. Oh yeah, we are. As much as we slag her off, Carrie Bradshaw is, you know. She changed my life. Yeah. Carrie Bradshaw changed my life. And it just feels like one creative decision has slightly hobbled the show. Yeah. Well, it's like, like we, I think, I, th- I mean, we can try and extrapolate why she's not feeling it with Franklin. Is it that he's boring and just talks about cookery shows? But we don't, we don't know. Well, it's because, I mean, we don't, we're not supposed to know this and she doesn't know this yet, but it's because Aiden's coming back, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. We've got Aiden yet. Well, let's see. We've got Aiden and Samantha to look forward to. Um, yeah. Do join us next time when we will be discussing um, season two, episode three. And in fact, that episode is available right now. Yes. So you can just you so can just get go clicking. straight through and listen to the next episode. Dylan and I are going to have a 24-hour break. So I... we will come back refreshed. So. <laughs> I have a quick listener message first. Oh, go on. Um, this might make us even more confused because it's in regards to Burger and the Post-It. Um, so cast your minds back to Burger and the Post-It. <laughs> but I'm reading it out because it is an amazing message. Um, so their name is uh, R... I will, refer to, I will refer to them as R. Um, and they said, just listening to the Post-It app and had to share my worst way of being broken up with as it may just beat the Post-It. I decided to watch YouTube um, on my boyfriend at the time's iPad. And when I saw his recently watched videos, I discovered he had been watching a load of different tutorial videos on how to end a long-term relationship in five easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, at least he put more effort in than burger, I guess. I had to share kisses. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me! I that, that is, is brilliant and also dreadful. Brutal. <laughs> Do you think step one was leave your laptop lying around with access <laughs> to your YouTube history, and then you don't need to do anything else? So I guess the lesson is like, don't look at your partner's YouTube history or do I mean depending on what you want oh god dread to think thank you R for sharing yes, that thank you. amazing story <laughs> and yeah do join us do join us um, right now for episode 3 um, and thank you as ever dear listeners for joining us on this roller coaster traumatic <laughs> journey um, don't forget to like and subscribe follow us at at S-I-G-T-T podcast And um, yeah, we'll see you in a second. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.